In over 10 years of going to shows, I've met some really interesting people along the way. Folkies, metalheads, old school punks, sweetheart singer-songwriters, and everyone in between. I figured now was as good a time as ever for me to share their stories. Conversations about music where no genre and no topic is off-limits. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in bar bands. everyone welcome back to all my friends are in bar bands it's david james young here hope you are doing well a couple of things to get through before we get into today's episode uh firstly we are now on stitcher radio uh which is a free app you can get on your android phone And uh, you are able to stream and uh, listen to podcasts on demand such as this one, This American Life, Here's the Thing, all these other great, great, great podcasts. So head over to Stitcher.com to download the app and also make sure that you're listening every single week to all my friends are in bar bands because why wouldn't you? Uh, Secondly want to give a huge thanks to the Smith Street Band for sharing the podcast and uh, spiking our numbers, something absolutely fucking crazy. I actually had to update uh, my data plan for this podcast to be able to account for all you guys, which is really, really awesome. So thanks so much for joining us. I really hope you enjoy your stay, and I really hope you enjoy the conversations that we have coming up. Pretty quiet week this week, not too much to plug. Tomorrow night we'll have uh, the Bennies in Sydney. They are playing at the factory floor with a great little lineup. We've got Foxtrot, we've got Chinese Burns Unit, and we've got Ebola Goldfish. And, uh, yeah, that show is sold out, so I'm not sure why I'm plugging that. I just, I just kind of wanted to rub in what a great show that is going to be. Uh, also, this Saturday, if you're in Parramatta, and, uh, you are in the circle of Oslo fans, they are playing a house show, uh, with Burlap and Yo Put That Bag Back On, which a lot of people thought was splitting up. But uh, they have a new lineup and a new lease on life. So uh, very, very excited to hear some new stuff from Yo Bag. But they are playing at the famed Para House uh, on Saturday from about 6 o'clock. Uh, that'll be completely free, of course. But uh, any and all donations will go to the drummer Alex uh, running a marathon. A uh, charity marathon, which is just awesome. If you know those guys, uh, hit up, hit them up on Facebook, and uh, they'll provide the address for their house show. And uh, yeah, that should be pretty amazing. If any of you guys have any gigs, uh, particularly within the Wollongong, Sydney, and Newcastle areas that uh, you would like me to plug, 
uh, please drop me a line. Uh, my email is David James Young Writes, W R I T E S, at gmail.com. Uh, so, David James Young Writes at gmail.com, and I will do my best to sneak it in. Today on the podcast, we have Mr. Spencer Scott, aka Scotty, aka Scooter, aka the Eggman. We we have a lot of different nicknames for this guy, but he mostly still answers to mate. He's a lovely, lovely young man, and he's achieved a remarkable amount uh, for someone still in such a relatively infantile state of his career. Of his career, not he's not he's not a, he's not a child. He's not a child. People just want to reiterate that. Uh, We had a lovely chat. A recurring theme over the next few weeks, actually, will be the interruption of aeroplanes. So you may hear a couple coming over. I've tried to eliminate as much of their noise as I could. But, uh, yeah, sometimes you just can't win with those fucking things, can you? It's just awful. But uh, I think we we managed pretty well, all things considered. And, uh, yeah, I'm really psyched to share this with you. So, let's get into it. This is Spencer Scott. Hi everyone, I'm David James Young and all my friends are in bar bands. Today I'd like to introduce you to my friend Spencer Scott, aka Scotty. Scotty. AKA Scooter. Scooter. <laughs> Man, that's the worst thing you've ever done to me. Is what? His nickname Scooter. Scotty. No, Scooter. I didn't come up with Scooter. That was Richo. Oh, Rich. Yeah, friend of, friend of the Richo. show. Friend of the show, Richo. Hopefully, future guest, Mr. Andrew Richmond. Uh, yeah, he came up with Scooter. <laughs> they all call me Scooter now. It, it was one of those things where, like, the first time someone says it, you're supposed to act like it doesn't bother you. Yep. And then they'll just let it go. But when someone said it, I was like, oh, don't call me Scooter. And then they're like, Scooter? Yeah. That's your name now. Yeah. You're like the gopher from the Muppets. It's great. The gopher from the Muppets. No, my one is, um, in the one that gets me is in Scrubs, oh, where yep. the janitor's like, your nickname's Scooter, because Scooter Pie. I hate Scooter Pie. <laughs> I love that. Well, that that could be a nice little bit of a word association for us. <laughs> that's all I think of. Someone calls me Scooter is the janitor saying he hates Scooter Pie, and yep. that's why that's that's why JD is called Scooter. Makes perfect sense. We are we are in the lush surrounds of the inner west in Marrickville, uh, just uh, hanging out in in the wake of uh, a wild wild rock and roll show last night. We both saw uh, the Smith Street Band, friends of yeah, friends at the, of the Metro, friends of the podcast, friends of the podcast, friends of the show, friends of the show. Um, no, it was fantastic. I saw them in Newcastle too, so that's the second night. Um, just sensate. The amount of people in that room is just silly. So many people there see Smith Street Band. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, just wild. And you've played with Will a few times, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I played... Uh, first time I played with him was like early last year. Oh, no, when... Yeah, with Max Stern and stuff. And then I've played with him a couple of times since then. He's really nice, like... Uh, just kind of a guy who only had to be polite to me, but then was like way, way, way more accommodating than that. Yeah. Like I was just like I'm still am a really annoying like fanboy to him, and then like he'll just like lay out the favors. Like that show we played with 
I played with him and Max Stern at the Lass. Yeah, and yeah. And then that night, I was like, what are you guys doing tomorrow? He's like, oh, we're playing a Blackwire. I'm like, who's the, uh, who's the support for that? And he's like, oh, we don't have one. And I'm like, can you guys give me a lift to Sydney and I'll play the support show? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, sure. Done. Yeah, which is like the nicest, which is real nice. Like, you didn't have to do that. Of course not. And then I got to hang out with him and Bosmer and the lovely Max Stern. Ah, uh, yes. Was Pinch Hitter on that tour as well? Yeah, they were. Oh, good Pinch times. Hitter, excellent. Dave Drayton. Davey Drayton, Nick Van Ritter. Hi, Friends Nick, of the if show. you're listening over in the, over in the States. Friends of the show? Yeah, we've got to send this shit worldwide. We've got to say good day to... Oh, that's Nick flying over right now. Hi, Nick. <laughs> Who knows where they're headed? Now, we met, I believe, at the start of 2014. I believe you came down for the Gift Horse show? Did we first meet at the Gift Horse? No, it wasn't at the Gift Horse. It was it was in the park for... Oh, Annie, yeah, we are hanging out at the park. Annie, for Annie Walters' farewell. Yeah. And you were there with uh, Lauren Hamill, a.k.a. the Hammer of Justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a bunch of other newbie folk that had come down for the, for the show. Yeah, that was wild. Um, <laughs> what's really funny about that was we went... It was like Gift Horse and... Um, Oslo and, and Kissing Booth, Kissing Booth and Harborer, I think Harborer. as well. Yeah, was it like there's some other taxpayers or some, no, not taxpayers. I, taxpayers, I I can't find a band that reminds me of the word taxpayers or something. <laughs> I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, so I came down with Jess, who's a mate of mine, and also yeah. mates with Hamill, and she offered me a free ticket and a free ride. So I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'll go see the Gift Horse." Hey, and we got there, hung out in the park. Um, went to the factory, watched the opening band, and then Jess was like, I'm pretty tired, I'm feeling like going home. And then we left and went home, and I didn't see the gift horse. Jesus Christ! I've been to three gift horse shows, and I've never seen the gift horse. Because <laughs> I've gone, and I've hung out, and then I'm like, I can't stay and watch the gift horse, I've got to go home and sleep. And I haven't seen the gift horse, which, Mate, which is only, terrible. you are only doing yourself a disservice. I like them, I just never <laughs> have had the energy to watch them. G'day to Collins if you're listening. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'm sure you appreciate that. I paid, so, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, he's got a little bit of lighting from it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think the first time I saw you play, it was a few months later at Blackwire with uh, uh, your mate and mine, Mr. Isaac Graham. Isaac Graham. Yeah, it was like a Sunday afternoon show. Yeah, it was. And it was boiling hot. Boiling hot. And the thing about Blackwire is they have to, um, if it's an acoustic show, they've yeah. got that big industrial fan. Oh, yeah. But if it's on during an acoustic set, you can't hear anything. So they have to, like, turn the fan off. I was really, really hungover, and there was, like, sweat dripping down my legs and stuff. <laughs> I think I read, there was some guy who did a review of that, and he was like, Spencer was really good, about halfway through, he just died. <laughs> halfway through, the, hu- the hangover and the heat just got the better of him, it and the set just, like, kind of went down. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> oh, that was hot. That was with uh, Nathan Seeks. Yeah. Seeksy, oh. Isaac Graham. Oh, g'day to Seeksy, if you're listening. Friend God, so many mates. <laughs> So many mates tuning in, just like, oh, that's my name. <laughs> that's, that's the a, plan. That's my, that's my just, Nathan Seats impression. Yeah, that's whole, more name. <laughs> I have a whole notebook full of people who have paid me five bucks each just to just to drop them. <laughs> Ka-ching! Ka-ching. Hey, you got to make money somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back to let's go back to the very beginning, which in turn you'll find out is a very good place to start. <laughs> Tell me about uh, what got you into into music and what inspired you to start playing to begin with. Well, I was like, I think I just got into high school. I didn't really listen to, like, I was just kind of someone who didn't really listen to much music. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, really? Were you like a sporty kid or like a I science nerd? I what the nerd? fuck I was. <laughs> I was like video games and like 
I played footy, but I was really bad at it. Oh, yeah. I, like, spent a lot of time on the bench, just, like, drinking water and stuff. <laughs> Getting the oranges um, ready. If you've seen me, I'm not I'm not the definition of fitness, so <laughs> unsurprisingly, I'm not good at football. You know who you're talking to, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, like, I think one of the, the first couple of bands I got into was, like, uh, like Green Day and Simple Plan and oh, wow. Good Shot. Just like that. Like, just when American Idiot came out, I was like, yes, this is it. I'm into music now. I got to buy every Green Day album and listen to everything. Yeah, I started playing guitar and stuff, and then just lots of like first couple of years was all just like um, high school stuff, uh, like high school pop punk sort yeah, of. Yeah, but like yeah. not even outside of high school, like just school assembly. Oh, really? Like we'd be doing assembly, and then they're like, "And now for a musical guest, this band." <laughs> And it was just, like, four kids from high school playing four chords and stuff. Oh, mate, that was, those are always the best, were they? Yeah. You got to sneak in all this random shit into your assembly. I, I sung in that, but that was back when... I still can't really sing, but I couldn't sing back then either. <laughs> um, was I it got, a short straw? Which is like, you got to do it, mate. No, I, I, wrote, I wrote lyrics, which were terrible, but I was the only one that they knew of that wrote lyrics. Oh, right. And so it's just like, if you can write lyrics, that obviously... Yeah, like, they, they could do the music stuff, so I was like, well, I got these words, and then they put me in that. I got <laughs> kicked out of that band. <laughs> oh, um, really? It just wasn't good enough? No, it was you real went, bad. You went up to scratch, mate. I was real bad. And then I started, like, another high school band, but that was the band that, like, left and played shows outside of the high school and stuff. Okay, what was the, what was the band called? They were called Squid Lips. Squid Lips? Okay. Squid Lips. And what was your role in Squid Lips? I played guitar and I, I sang. Okay. And it was just kind of like, just like the most basic three-chord high school punk band you've ever heard in your life. Is there any evidence that this band happened? Like there? Oh, no. Yes, it's on YouTube. Um, because we set up a YouTube account when we were in a band because we are like, oh, well, we're in a band, we need a YouTube account and a Facebook page and a MySpace page. Sure. And uh, the first gig I ever played outside of school is on there. Oh no! Full, the full set, beginning to end, is on YouTube, and I don't know the password or the username for that YouTube channel anymore, so I can't go and delete it. It's just there, it's just there. sitting on the internet. Oh wow! And if this podcast ends with someone linking me to that goddamn video, <laughs> it um when we first we had one original song and the rest were covers. Oh, That's so how, what, what were the covers? Uh, Damn it! No, 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 man. It was um. <laughs> Prisoner of Society, yes, Living End, nice. Uh, right now by Corn. Oh wow! Um, Blitzkrieg Bop, Ramones. Yeah, we were together for like two years. I think we wrote like three songs. <laughs> you just kept playing covers. Yeah, just kept like bringing out Prisoner of Society and stuff. <laughs> Prisoner of Society with, and I was so bad at guitar. The entire solo section mm. was just cut out of the song. Just didn't play the solos just like skipped that entire bit and just went straight to the end of the oh, song. Oh, Chris Cheney would be pissed The other one, you. no, sorry, the other song was Apple Tree by Wolfmother. Oh, wow. With the solo section removed because none of us could play it. <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> Who needs them? Who needs solos? I fucking didn't. I was so bad at guitar. <laughs> Do you think you're better? Could you nail a solo now, you reckon? No. <laughs> I can, like, I learnt... I went to a guitar teacher, like, for one, like, for three months, like, three years back, and he taught me a pentatonic scale, and that's all I fucking have learnt since. Like, I learnt the pentatonic scale, and I'm like, cool, that's it, that's all. If I ever need to bust out a guitar solo, I'll just, like, do a run of the pentatonic, and yes. then, uh, she's, she's alright. <laughs> what more could you possibly need? 
<laughs> so what what happened after after the untimely demise of Squid Lips? <laughs> um, well, there was like this. There was a youth venue in Newcastle called the Loft, which isn't open anymore. Okay, but um, around that time, I was like going there every second week. Like just one of those things where, like, regardless of what was happening, I was there like every weekend or second weekend to like watch bands and hang out and stuff. Yeah, what kind of stuff was kicking around? A lot of metalcore, like a lot of metalcore. I saw um, lots of like local metalcore bands, 50 Lions, Storm Picturesque. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I saw North... Oh, did I say Northline? Maybe. Maybe. Lots of bands that like when I was going, I was like, oh, it's really important that I go see this band and then I don't... Dropsaw. Oh, fuck yeah, I remember Dropsaw. Um, I really liked a band called Roosevelt. Okay. I don't think... I don't know if they did anything much <laughs> that was cool though I thought that was sick uh, there was a band called There Goes the City that I really liked um, but yeah just a lot of metalcore and then like occasionally there'd be like a punk gig or something and then I'd feel like I was way more into punk than I was ever into metalcore sure and um, so at the more punk gigs I met uh, Nick who plays guitar in Family Values but back then he played guitar in a band called Control Disorder and I met Drew, who was just, like, a dude with, like, a massive pink mohawk that was always around and shit. Oh, mate. And so when Squid Lips... As soon as you see that, you know you're going to be mates. Yeah, he's, he's a sick dude. Mm. And um, so I kind of, like, when Squid Lips broke up, they were like, hey, do you want to come do a thing? And then, uh, so we just kind of, like, it was a lot of fucking around. And then we had um, kind of, like, the early version of Family Values. Okay. Because we spent about... Before Tegan joined, we, like, did versions of Family Values for about two years. Okay. Um, what we was called? it always called Family Values? No, it, was, it went through fucking so many names. Yeah, right. Um, and just line-up changes, like, we were just trying to, like, fuck around and find the right configuration, and then it was originally... It was called Juicehead, originally. So we played for, for ages like that, where uh, I think I was playing guitar, Nick was playing bass, and Drew was playing drums. Okay. And then we were called the Flying Hellfish for a bit. <laughs> Sick. And that was a dude called Angus who plays in... He plays in Staunch now. He was playing guitar. I was singing. And uh, Nick was playing bass. Drew was playing drums. And um, we were in that configuration for like a year and we never played a gig, but we recorded a demo. Like, I never got to play... I never got to sing with that band, but we practiced like every week for a year. <laughs> Um, then Nick went to England and I think Ang was going to join the army or something like that. Like you do. So when Nick came back, we were like, well, let's continue doing flying hellfish. I think we were called family values by then. And then Tegan was a mate of ours and Drew apparently saw her sing Sabotage at karaoke one night. Oh, yes. And was like, yo, we need to get Tegan to be in this band. <laughs> so one New Year's Eve, we got, she came and we were like, you need to practice, you need to try out for our band. So she drank, like, six beers as fast as she could, and she's like, all right, I know some of your songs, let's do it. And then, so we just did, like, a jam in, her, in his garage mm. and was like, sweet, you're the singer now. Let's do it. Which was, like, 2000, yeah, like, 2012, like, 11, 12 New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah, right. And then, yeah, so that's what, that's kind of what I did during high school. Yeah. Had you been playing solo at that point, or did that come later? Oh, right, yeah. Um, I started... <laughs> oh, yeah, I play solo! Oh, fuck yeah, that's right. Um, I forgot about that. I started playing... I feel like it was, like... I think I just... I was, like, in year 12. 
So, 2010, maybe? I remember, because it started off, which is silly, it started off, um, I had this acoustic version of Last Caress by the Misfits. Oh, wow, okay. And it was funny, because that song is, like, quite aggressive and dark. Yes. And it was an acoustic, like, pretty version. Yes. So, I played that. I just did a few shows at the loft where I was like in between like a band would finish and as the other band set up I would just like sit on the stage and play these songs while they like set up amps and drum kits behind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that even then that was like one original and all covers. You rely on that so much when you're starting out, don't you? I'm really bad at writing songs. <laughs> I'm like real slow at it, but I still like I really enjoy playing live, so I was like I'll just play all these covers. People like covers. Yeah, it just kind of grew from there. The loft started giving me, like... They had all these, like... Because the loft was run by the council, so they'd have all these, um, like, park gigs or something. They'd put on all these events at the park, and they're like, hey, do you want to do 20 minutes there? I was like, yeah, sure. And, so, like, and it just kind of, like, kept growing from there until, like, I started writing more songs. Yeah, yeah. And it became more songs than covers, which was kind of, like, the turning point where I was like... That's important. Yeah, because then it becomes more legitimate, I feel, when you're playing, like, more... Uh, originals and covers. I still yeah. play covers all the time, though, because oh, sure. it's just easy. Yeah. And everyone is just like, oh, I know that song. <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel like sometimes... I do this cover of the brand new song, 70 times 70 7. 70 times 7, yeah, yeah. And people request that, like, more than anyone <laughs> any has ever requested songs, yeah. an original song. <laughs> and I have people, like, especially in Newey, if I play the hammer or something, like, there'll be people there, like, um, Davey, who's just like, play it! <laughs> And don't have to say what he is, he's just like, play it. I'm like, no worries. Here's All the brand right. new song. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to hear three originals after this, though. <laughs> just as a punishment. Yeah, and you're going to like them, damn it. <laughs> and you got to do the backing vocals. Yeah. <laughs> it's only fair. Yeah. It's only fair. Just giving the people what they want. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so, yeah, where did it kind of start picking up from there like um at what point did you kind of think oh this is this is something i want to keep doing not just on a on a casual rate this is like something i really want to pursue um so it was kind of like i just left high i was like 18 yeah so i i I realized i could start playing at pubs and stuff but um so i was just doing a ton of open mic stuff yeah like just every open mic i could like do within reason there was one at the Great Northern who would give you, like, a free meal, too. So I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing on the planet Earth. Oh, mate, you're killing it. It was just this kind of, like, whole little bit where, like, everything was just kind of changing. Like, especially, like, the music I listened to and, like, the people I knew and stuff. And I met uh, Will Holcroft, who plays in Adeline Pines. Yes. And uh, he was kind of, like, the first dude I met who, like, was kind of in an acoustic scene. Do you know what I mean? Like, right, I yeah, knew, yeah. like, punk rock people and, like, hardcore people, but I didn't know anyone who kind of, like, did the acoustic thing. Yeah. And he was like, you're cool. Do you want to come? You seem like a nice bloke. Do you want to come and I'll record your EP in my spare bedroom? And I was like, that sounds fucking amazing because I don't have any money and stuff like that. Yeah. So we recorded an EP and um, he, like, introduced me to, like... um Jen Buxton and Mark Gibbons and Will Wagner and stuff and like those people like especially Jen and Will Holcroft and Jack Lundy were like the first three people to be like you're cool do you want to come play all these shows like and these were like the first shows I was doing that wasn't like an open mic gig that's 15 bucks right there you just got five bucks each from each of them (laughs) 
Janite Pine made a mention. <laughs> yeah, so then... Jack played double. Yeah, Jack played double. <laughs> Hi, Jack. Yeah, and then so Jen put me on a bunch of shows and uh, I got to support Isaac Graham and stuff, which is real cool. Yeah. I'm like, I have this real problem. I don't know if it's a problem, but anyone I kind of like, anyone whose work I admire, I just become like completely fanboy and not able to deal with them. And the first time I met Jen, I was barely able to talk to her. And Jen's... Same with me, actually. Jen's lovely. Yeah, And yeah. she like... She's so approachable. Yeah, like the most approachable person. And like the first time I met fucking Isaac Graham, who's like just a dude, like a lovely bloke. But he was like, hey, we're playing this show. If you need anything, just text me on this number. And I was like, I fucking, I fucking got Isaac Graham's phone number. Yeah. How cool is that? Oh, and but like, it. Isaac's just a dude. Like, yeah, yeah. And I still, I still can't do it. Like if I like someone's music, I'm like, hi. <laughs> But yeah, so they that was kind of the first... I think that's why I'm so approachable, because my music's shit, so you can talk to me really easily. <laughs> I, I knew you before your music, though. We were that's mates true. before I knew that's that true. you did stuff. It's true. Um, yeah, so that was, I think it was like August 2013 or something like that. It was like the first time I was playing gigs that weren't... I was getting paid, and uh, it wasn't an open mic, and yeah. like my name was on a poster and stuff. It's always weird seeing your name on a poster for the first time, isn't it? It was great, because the first one I did was Isaac Graham, and Annie Walter designed it, and I fucking loved Annie Walter's stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think I sent her a message just saying, hey, it was really cool that I'm on this poster that you designed and my name's on it. Hey, <laughs> bye. <laughs> Again, hi to Annie if hi, she's Annie. <laughs> God, so much sweet cash coming your way, man. We should calculate it at the end, see how much money I'm worth. <laughs> There's so much. There's so, so much. But I feel like it's just kind of like, Especially, like, the scene, I guess, if you call it the scene. Mm. It's just kind of like, I feel like it's just all my friends and... It really, it, it is like that. And I think one of the big things is that you've been such an advocate for getting music happening in Newcastle. Like, because you said, you know, you grew up going to shows every weekend and, you know, just at least, even if you didn't like the band, you wanted to be there to just be a part of something that was happening. And... You know, you're always putting on shows and trying to organise stuff for Newcastle as well. So, it's in a way, it's kind of like carrying, taking taking the baton and, and taking it in your own direction now. Yeah, like, a little, I've heard people say that I'm, like, the dude from Newey and stuff. Well, yeah, that's, that's your thing. Weird. I feel like I'm not... I, I don't go to as many shows as I should. Like, I feel like I'm not very good at, like, being, like, a scene dude. Yeah. But, um, it's, like, real nice. Like, Newey's a good place, and if you play the right... This is an advertisement. If you come to Newey, you play the Hamo or the Lass, yep. you get like, you know, you get paid. Yep. There'll be a small crowd there waiting for you. It's a fun time. You get drunk. It's good. <laughs> we played this, I'll just say a quick one. We played this show with Max Goes to Hollywood and Foley. And uh, yeah. they played a Sunday night at the Hamo and they had the best time. And there was like 10 people there. But they were like, this place is sick. They paid us. They got us drunk. What a time. <laughs> Yeah, you can always say that about Newey. No matter no matter how much how many people are there or how much you get paid, it's it's a good time. <laughs> and I feel like the people that do show up are like pretty, like, you know, they're good people and they come out and they'll they're yeah, excited they, they to see a be, touring they're, they're act. They're music fans. Yeah. yeah, they're excited to see a touring act instead of seeing me and Jack Lundy play at the Hamo for the 80th time <laughs> that year. God knows we don't need more of that. <laughs> The Hamo's starting to realise it too. They're like, <laughs> it's like, all right, guys, all just, right, <laughs> just take it easy. <laughs> you've had, uh, I guess, in the last in the last year or so, you've you've been playing a lot of pretty high profile shows. I think when we were, I saw you at the Family Values show, 
at uh, at Jura Books. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, we were just casually talking. I was just like, "So, what have you been up to? What did you, you get up to last night?" And you just casually dropped in that you'd played with the Dead Kennedys. Oh fuck yeah, I did. That was the night before outright, wasn't that it? That was so. It was just the weirdest thing to drop into conversation. It was really wild because the Dead Kennedys were coming to town. Yeah, and um, it was the small ballroom. Small ballroom, which yeah, is yeah. like, I was. Really wanted to go, but tickets were like fifty bucks. I was something broke. like that, yeah. And so we just sent all these messages. I'm like, "Hey, my, I'm in a band, Family Values. We really would like to support Dead Kennedys. We can pull an okay, cre- you know, stuff like that." Um, and we get this message back, and they're like, "Can you pull fifty people to the Dead Kennedys?" And I don't like lying because they'll find out really quickly that I can't pull fifty people. I was like, "No, Family Values can't pull fifty people to Dead Kennedys. We can't pull fifty people to any show because there's not fifty people in Newcastle who like." Yeah, that show sold out though, so I'm not sure why they needed us to pull fifty. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, "No, nah, Family Values can't do it," and stuff. And um, the week of the show, they sent me another message, and they're like, "Can you play with the Dead Kennedys?" And I was like do you mean my punk, do you mean family values? And they're like, no, just the acoustic thing. And I was like, I can't pull 50 people. Like, I can pull 10. No, I, I couldn't pull any people. <laughs> my acoustic guy can't pull any people to a Dead Kennedy show. <laughs> but, so I was like, are you sure you don't mean the punk band? And they're like, no, we want the acoustic thing. I'm like, if you're absolutely sure... I will do an acoustic opening for the Dead Kennedys. That's so weird. It was really weird. It like, just made no sense. Yeah, like, what were you thinking going into that? What is just like, I was worried. I'm going to get eaten alive. I was, like, a little bit worried that I was going to do that, but also I was just kind of like, I need to go in and just fucking absolutely smash it. And it was, like, you walk in and it's just, like, a full sold-out crowd of, like, exclusively 30-plus people wearing Dead Kennedy shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the They're only... They're here to see one band, and you are not in that band. <laughs> it was, like... But, like, everyone was wearing a Dead Kennedy shirt. And so I, pl- I just, well, I was like, well, let's just do this and see how it goes. But everyone seemed to be, like, pretty into it. Like, I had a bunch of old people coming up to me and was like, some dude, like, I was at the urinal and he, like, patted me on the back and he was like, yeah, that was really cool, man. Just, like, I felt like they dug it because it was so, like, out there. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, just a lot of them were like, that was really impressive how, like, you had an acoustic guitar, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't like blokes with acoustic guitars, but you're all right. Aussie ac- I have an Aussie accent, did you know? Oh, yeah. It's pretty broad. Yeah. <laughs> that was, um, yeah. It was really fun, though. And Dead Kennedys are, like, surprisingly good. Yeah, these days, it's, it's weird seeing them without Jello, isn't it? Yeah, but they were, like, I thought it was going to be, like, a Black Flag thing. But it wasn't oh, a Black Flag God. thing at all. Let's not talk about that. But yeah, so I got like a last minute invitation to play with the Dead Kennedys, which was pretty cool. That'd be up there. Like, that's one of the b- most bizarre, like, career highlights so far. It'd have to be. Yeah, I can't <laughs> think of any other gigs that I've played that are really, like... As weird? <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and the next night we came to Sydney and uh, played that fucking amazing show with Outright. Yeah. Which was... Uh, at Jura Books, and yeah. it was, like, raising money for Rape and Domestic Violence Services Australia. I think and we ended up raising, like, $1,500 or something Oh, really? Like that, I don't is... think I ever found out, but that's that's amazing. Yeah, it was such a great night. It was. It's always great to see, like, you guys were always very outspoken. Family Values were always very outspoken. Like, I guess having Tegan in the band, that would have helped, you know, expressing a very 
uh, pro-woman and, and pro-rights standpoint and, you know, getting that out there and kind of reclaiming that in a, in a hardcore and punk rock community. Yeah, like, it's something... Like, when Tegan joined the band, I was, like, pretty um, high on the list of things, like, that... Not kind of like we want to do, but, like, when she was in the band, it, like, something she wanted to do. Yeah, sure. Like, and she's still, like, very into, like, building kind of, like, a more open community, especially in Newcastle, but, like, just, like, where women feel more comfortable at shows and stuff like that. And, like, um, we've had shows where it's just been, like, her and, like, six other women up the front using the microphone and stuff like that, which feels like she's really into it and, like, they're really into it. And um, she can kind of, like, she could... We had lyrics and stuff that were kind of, like, about feminist issues and stuff. Yeah. Like, we were kind of, like, sorting out. And, like, Tegan just took it and went, like, this line doesn't work. Like, she was, like... It's just, like, her perspective is so much more important than ours. So, like, she took the lyrics that I was, like, trying to... I'm trying to, like, articulate these points. She took it and she was, like... You're kind of looking at it, like... She's, like, you got to look at it this way and write this. It's a... you got to take a knee in that situation, Oh, damn, like, she's, like especially anything regarding kind of like feminist stuff like it's her opinion first or anything yeah absolutely and it was it was always such a big part of the shows you know and 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 a big part of what you guys were about yeah well we kind of like one of our biggest things was like listening to punch and stuff and punch do a lot of that and like and then meeting um when we first met tara from one brick today oh yeah and like listening to canine and like some of the other band like reviver and stuff we're like yeah Yeah, this is really kind of like where we want to kind of sit, I guess. Yeah. And, like, yeah, Tegan was able to, like, the more comfortable she got in the band, because she'd never done any music stuff before we made her try out drunk. So, like, it started off kind of, like, the first, like, half of it was just kind of, like, her getting comfortable in the band. Yeah, yeah. And then once, like, she kind of knew, I guess, how it works, she was like, all right, this is... We'll kind of like let's go with what Tegan kind of wants to do. I feel yeah, and like she's fucking amazing. Like for sure, I can't say enough nice things about Tegan. Yeah, shout out to Tegan if you're listening. Yeah, she might. I don't know. She's <laughs> like she's like my best friend, and it was just kind of like amazing to see her kind of go from like we had to like the first practices we were like I don't know like she was just like learning how to be in a band, but now like we're breaking up, but she's gonna go on and do other stuff, which is like amazing, and she's gonna hopefully keep doing this thing yeah because she can and she's fucking amazing at it and she'll uh get that sort of energy and support wherever she goes i think yeah i mean it, it, yeah so it was announced recently that you guys are splitting up and uh, from my understanding it was like a logistical thing you know it just wasn't feasible to to keep it going it was just kind of like a bunch of different things just kind of like we're, we're a little tired and i think we want to do other band stuff and i think it was just kind of getting a little stale almost oh really like uh, I don't, I don't know, because like every the other guys might feel a bit different. But it was just kind of like practice wasn't feeling very good. Like, and when we played shows, it didn't feel as good as the shows we were playing like a couple of months ago. And um, Nick, who was like, Nick writes all the riffs. Like Nick writes most of the music, and like I feel like, and he was the one that kind of advocated it. He was like, I think I've had an, I think I'm done. And we we're like. Well, you write all the music, so yeah. So if, if we can't, and go the on other, I, you, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to do it, like because those there, those yeah. dudes, like they're just my mates, and I couldn't imagine that being anything else. And like, yeah, I think I said that when Tegan joined, I was like, "This is the combination that I'm happy to like yeah, write it's, out." It's finally, it's finally clicked in. It's finally yeah. made sense. But um, it's like, yeah, we didn't fucking fight or anything. He just kind of like put it forward, and we were like, 
It's fair enough, yeah, man. Yeah, makes sense. Like, yeah. So it's like, all right. Well, such is life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's this is like going back to being in a punk or a hardcore band, something you'd want to do in the future? Or it, it, do you feel like you're too invested in in, in playing solo and, and doing that now? No, I really like being in a band. I just kind of, um, I'm not heaps good. Like, I'm just really <laughs> like, I was trying to, someone asked me to play bass in their band like a while back and I was like, I don't um, have a car. I can't drive anywhere. You would have to like take me to practice and stuff. Um, I'm not very good at bass, which is nothing. <laughs> and also I don't really own any equipment. So if any of those three things are issues, I probably can't join your band. And he was like, yeah, fair call, man. Yeah. <laughs> There's only so much you can do. Like family values are breaking up now and it's, it's pretty much getting to the point now where we own equipment. Like only right now am I getting to a point where like, I have a bass amp and a bass that works. And... <laughs> oh, I always love those those pawn shop like twenty dollar basses when you get the. First well, that's time the one. Yeah. I still I play exclusively pawn shop basses, <laughs> and there's this. I actually play one brand of bass. I'm hoping to get a sponsorship. It's called Century Star Basses. Uh huh. And if you look it up on Google, the only result is a Yahoo question. You know Yahoo like yeah, yeah, question yeah. and answers, and it's someone saying, "What's a Century Star base?" And that's the only result Century Star comes up with. It's made of fucking plywood or some shit. Jesus Christ! It cost me eighty bucks shipped from China, <laughs> including postage. Yeah, that's not bad. And like, both of them, I have two, and both of them are just getting like continually wrecked. Like, because when they're that cheap, you just I just don't care. Like, oh, exactly. You just fucking plow them like, into an amp at the end of a show, just boom. There was Whatever. One of them has a split like three quarters down the entire body of the bass. Holy because shit. I I broke a string mid song and I was just like just threw it over my head and it just landed on the ground and like boing. Yeah, boing and I was like Rut roll. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. <laughs> oh, that's so punk rock. Yeah, heaps. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting your punk cred up, mate. Man, yeah. <laughs> but um what was it? I'd like to play in a band again. It's just trying to find the band, and I think I'd like to do something like somewhere in between family values and the acoustic stuff. I know yeah. it doesn't make any like something kind of middle of the road, yeah, almost like a bit like Smith Street or Foley or something like that. Like somewhere I can like write more songs, yeah, instead of like play in the band. Would you ever have a band for your music? Do you reckon like a backing band for your? Solo I thought song? It, it's something I've like thought about, and I nearly did it once. But um, the plans kind of fell through for it. I was going to do this thing with uh, Richo, and we were going to... Hi again, Richo. Hey, Richo. <laughs> it was a good... It was the best idea. When, I think it was either Will or Richo suggested it, and I was like, that's an amazing idea. Yeah. And we were going to both make bands, but then use the same backing band. Ah. So Richo's band would be the same guitarist and drummer, and I'd play bass... And then my band was going to be the same, the other guitarist and drummer. And then Richo would play bass. Genius. And we could tour, like, using, like, only four people would be in the car, but we have two bands. Ah. And that was the plan, but it just kind of, like, it fell apart and stuff. Ah. Richo's busy recording this split that's going to be released in a fortnight. Uh, oh. Groovy. Yeah, it's all covers. Oh, really? Yeah, hopefully it'll be out in a fortnight. So, is that with you? Yeah. Oh, sick. Fortnight is a joke because... Uh, about a year ago, he told me it was going to be out in a fortnight. <laughs> and that was, yeah, long-ass time ago. Yeah, it was, it was about a fortnight ago. 
<laughs> what were the? Did you? What did you record? I did uh, seventy times seven. Of course. Uh, Missy Higgins Scar. Yep. And uh, Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is all kind of songs that I throw out during gigs and stuff. That's groovy. Yeah, but the um the band thing, I was like, the only two things is like. The logistics is really hard of it. Like, the logistics of it's really hard. Like Yeah, yeah, sure. Get, and the second one is I'm worried if I start a band, no one's going to come see me play solo. Like, yeah. you know when someone starts a band and you're like, wow, that band is, it's it's a lot better with the band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just it just sounds so much fuller and stuff. Yeah, and then sure. when they play solo, it's just kind of like, well, I've seen them play solo. I'll wait for yeah, them. Yeah, to... well, yeah. But I'm happy. And then the other thing is like, with solo, it's kind of like a one-man dictatorship like sure. I'm just kind of if I want to do something I'm just like you can't blame anyone else for being late to band practice when you're playing solo. yeah and like if I want to play a gig I don't have to check with anyone I'm just like am I free yes yes I, I am play the gig. <laughs> yeah your, your own nice. management yeah it'll be something like just me and then in a couple of months there'll be like a band doing something because I really like playing a band groovy dude all right well we'll wrap up but before we do that uh I asked this of all of my guests and uh if you're next in line obviously I want to know about the best gig and the worst gig you've ever played. Feel free to start on either or. Worst gigs I've ever played. Um, there's been a lot of gigs where there's just like three people there. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. You know those gigs? Been but there, done that. Mate. I don't know if they're bad gigs, but they're, they're gigs. Um, one that sticks to mind is we... I was doing this little weekend with uh, Shelby Clements and Jack Lundy again. Hey! And we went down to Canberra and That's played... That's five bucks for you, Shelby. Yeah. Canberra, Newcastle, and then we played Katoomba on the last night. Okay. And there's this festival in Katoomba called uh, Winter Magic. Okay. Which is just like... It's like the Newcastle show. It's like just their big festival once a year. Yeah, yeah. And we were playing the day after that. So... Everyone had gone? We, we were driving to Katoomba. We were about an hour out of Katoomba, driving from Canberra. And we get a call, and the owner of the venue pretty much told Shelby that he was hungover and didn't have any plans to open the venue that night. And we were like, we're an hour from Katoomba. And he's like, sorry, and hung up. Oh. So we just, like, called around and asked if there were any uh, places that would, like, just take us in, like, cafes and stuff. We're like, hey, can we play in the corner of your restaurant? Uh, pay us in food, and then, you know, we'll provide music and stuff. So we did that at this little place in Katoomba, which is nice, but uh, the whole restaurant kind of was like, found us to be a bit of an inconvenience. Oh, and like one of those, nuisance, mate. One of those shows where like you finish a song and there's no acknowledgement, just oh. like not even, not even a clap. You're just kind of like, all right, so all right. Uh, on to the, uh, to the next song. And then we were all really tired. So we're like, let's drive home. And it was about it was in fucking Katoomba, so it was about six degrees. Oh. And Shelby's... The, the kicker is, Shelby's car doesn't have, like, air conditioning or whatever it is. So we had to keep both the windows wound down so the, the front windscreen didn't fog up. Jesus. So it's like, six degrees. I'm wearing all my clothes. I just played a show where no one was clapping. I'm like, fuck, fuck all this. of this. I'm and quitting like, music. We're like, wound the windows up. Because we're like, we just need a bit of warmth for a second. And the entire windscreen just went white. Like, on the highway, could not see anything past the windscreen. And Shelby was sleeping in the back, and she woke up, and the fucking windscreen was white, and she's like, are we about to die? And I'm like... Hopefully. <clears throat> Weighing down the windows, it cleared up. This fucking truck just went, like, 20 kilometres past us because we nearly, like, cut him off or something. Oh. So we nearly died in six-degree weather after playing a shit show in Katoomba. Oh, man, that's heavy. Yeah. And the only... The other... 
I'll do a family values one. Okay. And uh, we went down to Melbourne with uh, Dog Act. It was sick. I just yeah, want yeah. to say a shout out to Dog Shout Act. out to the boys. To the boys. Boys. Um, and we were playing all these cool shows and stuff like that. And yeah, we yeah, yeah. agreed to do this last one at a place called the Grace Darling Hotel. Oh, yeah. And we were playing... Is this this weird show with a bunch of, like, metalcore acts? And we were like, oh, we don't really... We we don't really fit. And, like, the band before us was, like, one of those... Like, people were just, like, swinging their... You know, the arms swinging and stuff. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, Which yeah. we're not into. And, like, the one where the... It's called, like, crowd killing and stuff. Like, this dude was getting elbowed in the face. Like, I'm sure they were mates or something. But we were like, oh, this is a weird vibe. Yeah, not cool. And there was, like... It's like this little basement, and there must have been, like, there was a fuckload of people in there. Like, it was really cramped and stuff. And we set up and just, like, if there were 60 people there, 55 of them went up and had a smoke. Like, 55 of them just went up and left, and we played to, like, four people who were very, like, unimpressed. Oh, sure. And I broke a string, and we were like, why is this the last show of our tour? Oh, that's such a bummer. And then Dog Act played, and if you know, Dog Act are, like, this horror punk band. And he just, he wears face paint, sings songs about ghouls, and he has a giant gong that he hits at the beginning of every song. And it was just like three people down there, and then occasionally some person would walk down, look at Dog Act for about 10 seconds, shake their head, and walk back up. Oh, so it was even worse for them. Yeah, well, Dog Act are like, they're amazing, but I can imagine some people would look at them and be like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Oh, it's a newy thing. You wouldn't understand. just the just the fine fineness of Newey. Sorry, one more. I got one more. Oh, <laughs> sure, man. We played a show in Newcastle where the uh, count the door count was one. Who was it? I think it was just a mate. Like, <laughs> I think it was maybe Nick's girlfriend or something. So you literally played to one person. Well, there was like a couple of people who got like door spots. <laughs> really? <laughs> who like we let in? Like for... a local show? Um, it was with it was us. Adeline Pines, and then two bands from Melbourne. Um, oh, man, their names are escaping me, but I love them. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly you're a big fan. One of them's on Whisk and Key Records, I can tell you that. Okay. James Douglas, I'll give him a shout-out because I've forgotten his band's name. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they played, and they came up from Melbourne. I'm like, yeah, let me put on this gig for you. It'll be really fun. We'll have a nice time. One person through the door. So we have $10, and we're like... We have to give this money to the venue because there's a venue higher. Oh. And then, so like, just me endlessly apologizing to James, being like, I'm so sorry that you came here and there was like just the other bands watching you play. That's heavy. I've seen those shows, I've been at those shows. It, it was just kind of like in Newcastle because I was like, oh, we're not, people know who we are. What's going on here? Well, let's let's switch that around. Let's let's go out on a positive note. Best this, gigs. Yes. Oh man, I have so I have so many fucking gigs that I love though. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you've got as many shit ones as you've got good ones. Yeah. Sorry, you know. I felt I said maybe too many shit ones. Okay, good <laughs> ones. I'm going to go through so many because I that outright show. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Dead Kennedys. So much fun. Yeah. Um, we played one of the first shows. I think it could have been the first. No, the first show Family Values played was a house show, and the second one we played was at a place called Silk Bar. Okay. Do you know what Silk Bar is? Where is that? It's in Newcastle, uh, on King Street, right next to the KFC. The the largest KFC in the Southern Hemisphere, thank you very much. Boom! Newcastle! Newcastle! Um, And it's just, it's the seediest fucking club I've ever been in. I wish I had an equivalent to give you, 
but it would have to be something on the cross. Like, mm, okay. Real fucked. Yeah. Stick, and they, for some reason, because it's a club, and for some reason they decide they wanted live bands. So Drew, who was like doing all our booking, was like, yes, please give us a gig there. So we played with them. We played, with, it was Staunch, and then Office Jerk from Canberra, just like a big old hardcore show. Mm. And we just like, posted the shit out of everything we got this poster that was like a lad slicing the neck of a silkworm jesus christ and we just like plastered over the whole place and it was just like i think it was the biggest show we ever pulled free show at silk which is like this seedy fucking nightclub yeah and we just like confusing every dude who came in for like the beats and stuff and the dude from staunch was like jumping off the stage climbing onto a pool table Fuck. There was people just doing stage diet, like, because everyone was like, let's go to Silk and fuck shit up! Yeah! We supported Propagandy, which was a fucking oh, wow. yeah, dream and a half a deal, for us. Yeah. Nick's favourite band is Pro- Nick loves fucking Propagandy. And I was like, I'm going to get that support slot. And he's like, if you fucking get me that support slot. Like, he was like, he couldn't do it. He was like, no, I, I couldn't support Propagandy. It'd be like meeting my heroes, and I can't really do that. And I told him we're doing I was like, I got the support, so we're going to have to do that. And, like, we had, like, a six-hour practice the day before because he wanted to be, like, tight for it and stuff. But oh. Propagandy are fucking, like, one of the greatest fucking punk rock bands in the world. Were they nice? Were they... Did uh, you chat to them? Yeah, I don't know. I met the bass player mm. who, like, said I was, like... He was, like, that was really cool, man. Keep it up. Everyone else was kind of... Oh, no, they weren't shit. But, like, yeah. when I went and talked to them, they were, like, five minutes away from going on stage. Oh, sure, So yeah. I was, like, well, it's now or never for talking to these guys. So I was, like, hey, how you doing? They're just kind of, like, polite. But they were about to play a show, and I was yeah, up yeah. there with like a pen and a poster, like, "Hey, can you sign this, yeah. guys?" And they're like, "I'm just about to get on stage, man." <laughs> but no, lovely, like lovely. Um, yeah, I met the bass player, like had a good chat to him, and he's fucking lovely. What a band! Like, I can't, I fucking love Propaganda. Yeah, right on. And like, I think that's the highlight of Family Values. I feel for sure. That's a big deal. Yeah, I think I, had, I released an EP, like. Yep. Which was the EP launch show was so much fun. Um, I crowd surfed, which is real. <laughs> I'd never done that before. What, while you were playing? Yeah, while well, I was singing my last song because the last song's called "Thank You for Your Time." There's like that little chorus, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of the last line can go on for however long you want. So I was like playing the guitar while singing, and everyone else was singing while they were like carrying me around the room. And I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever!" <laughs> oh my god, that's rock star shit right there. Yeah, real rock star shit. Um, I played with a. Uh, I'm just thinking, I supported Corey Brennan. Oh, what a heartthrob. Corey Brennan's still one of the best fucking gigs I've ever seen. Like, at the last, and he just, like, I'd never, I'd only heard Jen Buxton cover one of his songs. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's how a lot of Australians knew him, actually, yeah. Yeah, and then, so, and he just got on stage and just, like, blew me away for about 90 straight minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him three times on that tour. He was just I wish phenomenal. I saw him more. Oh, he was um, just great. I supported, like, Alaska. Which is really fun because oh, when Like Alaska were together, I was like seventeen. I never saw Like Alaska. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's that so was... weird seeing all like literally all of them just still around in various nooks and crannies. Hey, Like Alaska is one of those sick bands where everyone quit and joined a sick band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a like, hydrant beast of awesome. Yeah, like fucking Adeline Pines, Run Squirrel, Jen Buxton, yeah. Summer Polis. Like everyone like was us, just yeah. like, let's just join a fucking sick band. And, you know, there's, like, Black Flag or something, like... Yeah. Descendants, where everyone's like, all right, this is done. I need to go join another sick band. Yeah, it happens. Um, which was really... That was one of the first gigs Jen ever asked me to play. She was like... I'd, like, only just become friends with Jen. She was like, do you want to support, like, Alaska and then Corey Brennan? And I'm like, 
<laughs> I'm going to need a moment. Yeah. Um, supporting Will in Melbourne was really fun. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I played at the Rev. That was my first time down in Melbourne. I played at the Rev with Will Wagner, uh, Georgia Mack, and Jamie Hay, which is a fucking amazing what a lineup. Team. And like... 15 bucks? What? <laughs> There's another 15 bucks right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Will's paying me. He needs the boost. <laughs> he needs the popularity that only this podcast He's can getting bring. that sweet scooter bump. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to this Will Wagner folk now. Yeah, Mac Attack getting that yeah. sweet scooter bump. So that was my first gig, no, second gig down in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. And it was just amazing and like such a cool vibe in Melbourne and like at a Will Wagner show it was like fucking people packed to the rafters. And my favourite venue in Melbourne too. The Rev is amazing. Oh, I love it. I would go to the Rev every day of my life. Every goddamn day. <laughs> Real, just like cool and sick. Like, yeah. I had the best time the first time I went down to Melbourne. What's the last? I'll do one last one. Yeah. Uh, I supported Joey Cape, which was really cool. Oh, uh, yes. And on that tour, Joey Cape had a competition. Do you remember the competition? Vaguely, he had this, yes. He had this competition where you would submit, like, you just did a video of you playing a song, submit it, and he would pick a winner in each city, and then in the middle of his set, he would bring you on stage and you would play that song. And it's just like, it's a cool way to get exposure because yeah, yeah. everyone's paying attention to the set, and right in the middle of the set, you're playing your song where everyone's like fully focused. Yeah, yeah. It's a great idea. Um, but I was the support, so I didn't enter. I was like, no worries. So I played the support slot, which was like pretty cool. It was fun. Not many people there, like people still shuffling in and stuff, but it was fun. And, um, the dude who won never showed up. So Joey Cape was just on stage like, is old mate here? And no, he's like, it's old mate. So no one's going to do this like middle support. And someone up the one of my friends up the front was like, put that first guy on. And he's like, yeah, okay. Where's is Spencer here? And so I got up on stage and like packed out like a full house Cambridge. I got to play one song in the middle of Joey Cape's set. Wow. Using Joey Cape's guitar. And I was like, this is the fucking best thing I've ever done. Like oh, I've never. That would have been wild. That's the most people I've ever played in front of. I'm pretty sure. Hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, just like people like fully paying attention and just like full house in the middle of Joey Cape's set. Yeah. And I hung out with Joey Cape after, and he was like, "Yo, that was real cool." And That's I was fucking like, amazing. Sick. And yeah, that was sick. That like that I got that opportunity. I feel like a lot of all the gig one, all the good gig ones are like. I'm just real thankful that someone was like. Oh sure. That's uh, it, it's always good to have that opportunity, you know, and to to be given the chance to to be playing at a completely different stage than you would normally. Yeah, and like that's the same thing with Jen. She was like, "Hey, I want you to come play these supports because I think you could." And Will was like, "Hey, come play this residency because you know I want you to." And like it'd be good, and it was a good opportunity. Like I go down to Melbourne now, and I have like I made friends down there, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's that kind of like whole. It's like the scene thing, man. Like yeah, it I go expands down, out. yeah. And pretty much everyone who's lived in Newcastle moved to Melbourne anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> and like the people I met down in Melbourne, if they need to tour, I can come up to Newcastle. We can play, and then when I go down, I ask them for gigs. And the cycle just goes. Yeah, it's on like a, and it's on. like a real sick community. I think it's a beautiful like, thing. It is beautiful. Yes. Uh, okay. So uh, you have a uh, split seven inch coming out. Yes, should be this week. Yeah. Oh, when's this? podcast oh it'll be in a few weeks so it'll be out it'll, it'll be, be out. out it's out right now so uh via lost boy records it's uh it's with you and uh, georgia mac oh mate georgia mac which is great your friend and mine yeah um absolute champion i met georgia a while ago she just released friends and bowlers run yes and lundy went down to melbourne and saw a play and she was and he was like dude you have to listen to georgia mac yeah yeah so i did and i was like this is the fucking 
best thing I've ever heard. Mm. And so we became friends, and like I brought her up to Newey. Her first, she didn't play Sydney or anything. She just came up and played Newey. And played came straight back. to Newey, yeah. Yeah, right where it matters. Um, and then I went down to Melbourne, played with her, and like in early, like just when, oh, sorry, oh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> just the first time she came up to Newey, which was like early 2014 or 13, 14. 2014. That's when we agreed to do the split, and now it's 2015 and it's coming out. It's finally here. Yeah. Worth <laughs> so, the wait, mate. And um, George's, um, like, every song she writes is better than the last. <laughs> yeah. Like, these two, the two ones that are on this split, not only do they just completely overshadow mine, <laughs> but they're better than the stuff that's on with a Q, and it's better than stuff on Friends and Bowlers Run. Not that those are shit, they're real good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's just she's getting just fucking better. up, sure. Um... So that's coming out through Lost Boy, who's my friend Ollie, who I made in Sydney. He's lovely. Hey, mate. Hey, mate. He'll probably <laughs> listen to this, which is yeah, really cool. Yeah. He's in America right now, so if you buy uh, the seven inch from Lost Boy Records, Ollie's mum will personally uh, pack so and ship cute. the record to you. That's so cute. So I've never met Ollie's mum, but I will have to thank her because um, she is sending out like. Shout a out to Ollie's of, mum. A lot of seven inches. Checks Ollie's in the mail. mum's gonna have to send me five bucks <laughs> yeah. now. Checks in the mail. <laughs> but yeah, Ollie's great, and like he gave me all this support, and like he pretty much single he single handedly paid for the pressing of the seven inch. So like I didn't yeah, have that's to. Am- amazing. Yeah, I got no money, and like so <laughs> he paid for all of it just because he like like I sent him the songs, and he was like, "Cool, let's do it." What Magic. A, yeah, ten bucks. Lostboyrecords.bigcartel.com. Boom. Too easy. Boom. Fantastic. Scotty, thank you so much for your time, man. No worries, man. It's been real fun. Thank you for your time. Hey. Hey. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are Robin. This has been a David James Young Writes production. For more information, visit davidjamesyoung.com.